0: Let's keep that I- I'm serious <laughs> don't delete that <laughs> <laughs> huh. what about ebound
1: where everybody walking like me now where about talking like me now on would it want to be now yeah. what about ebound where i walking like me now where about talking like me now would it want to be now what about ebound where everybody walking like me now where about talking like me now, everybody talking like me now.
0: I just a holes in the denim. Yeah. I ain't been home in a minute. What? I ain't never seen no selling yeah. Come on, yeah, he nailing. Yeah. Audio, I'm top billing. Yeah. All of my boys dope billing. Super whack, I'm no villain. Mm. Nigga try to take my flow. Who the
1: hell he think he is? Right. I just wanna make my dough. Mm. Gotta take care of my kids. Handleballs, handleballs. Welcome back, everybody, to Jeff versus the World presents a Lovecraft Country review. And like always, uh, like's been happening in the last two weeks, uh, two episodes, I should say. I got my girl, Miss Tiffany here. How you doing?
0: How y'all doing? How y'all doing?
1: Um, so let's go ahead and get the elephant out the room. People like you,
0: yay! <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there's been a, a nice positive feedback to the Lovecraft Country review show, and as I've told numerous people. Um, when it came to getting you on the show, I wanted to get in on something that we both was interested in. And I just didn't want it to be anything. And it's still going to be that way. I'm just not going to add her in just to add her in because, you know, everybody's like, oh, you should add it. No, you know, it's got to be the right thing, right thing. So we'll find something else for sure. And, you know, but right now we doing love. Hey, for we still
0: got seven more episodes. You know, enjoy the ride. That's yeah. my my tagline. Enjoy the ride. We still got seven more to go. It Don't was, rush.
1: It was a um, <laughs> it was a frenzy of positive, just energy. The first episode, and then it just continued on with the second one. So let's jump into this third episode and keep that energy up. And this episode was called Holy Spirit.
0: Let's talk no, about Holy Ghost.
1: This. Holy Ghost. I'm sorry. I yes. thought it was called Holy Spirit. Yes. Holy, Holy ghost. Ghost. I stand corrected. So <laughs> let's talk about it.
0: Woo, what can, well, let's just put this out. I think this is probably and Jeff and myself just briefly spoke about it. I think this is probably the favorite episode so far. Absolutely. Um I I don't get it twisted. I think the uh, the series itself grabbed direct. Our- attention from the first second as we talked about on episode one but I really think this episode like hit that nerve and just was like that wow moment after I watched it I think I watched it maybe like two times two maybe three almost um so I enjoyed it um I'll let Jeff you know give his little input on that as well before we start
1: um absolutely I, this is my favorite episode out three out the three so far i thought this this episode was clearly uh driven with Janelle um moyer character uh yeah she was just the all-star in this episode she's been an all-star since episode one it just seemed like it's
0: pretty much <laughs> it,
1: it seemed like it's supposed to be Tick's uh you know it you know adventure or his story but she's shining Uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, this episode clearly we got a little more information and we saw a little more of who she is as a person and how she is as a person, especially when it came to um, her sister and uh, her buying the house and her initially telling her sister what the reason is for. And then it really wasn't that reason. And we can see somewhat that she's a selfish person. And that was I thought that was good too because it almost we almost didn't have any other thing of knowing, well what's wrong with these sisters other than they they may have two different like uh two different mothers or two different daddies, right? Whatever it may be. Right. And one of them is light skinned, so you know, another one's dark skinned, so you know, that's a whole other topic. But if you know, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I just I thought this was a good uh like I said, my favorite uh, episode so far.
0: Cool yeah so let's go ahead just jump right into the episode like we normally do um not going to touch bases on every single um scene because i want you guys if you haven't watched it you know i, I kind of don't want to be spoiler alerts but i know we are um spoilers. <laughs>
1: if you haven't watched it don't listen right now <laughs> listen later
0: so um Right off the jump, we are back with our characters, Atticus, um, Leticia. We're going to call her Letty just because that's her nickname throughout the show. Um, and Montrose, we're back um, in Chicago, back to um, Uncle George's house. Um, Hippolyta, which is the wife, and um, Diana, the daughter. Um, I think it's about four weeks later, so a month um, after the incident at, in Ardham. Stay and mixed. basically we can see that Tick has been staying with his aunt and his niece for a while and kind of helping them. And I think, and Jeff, you can chime in too. I think at this point it kind of was staying with her, maybe like a, out of guilt, out of respect. Cause like they knew the whole story and all she knew was that her husband was killed. And, um, the story, the background story to that was, and we eventually learn it, um, in the episode is that they came back Montrose tick and Letty and basically told Hippolyta that uncle George died um, by the sheriff shooting him and then they took care of the sheriff so from my insight and in looking at it I think tick was just staying with them to make sure you know everything was good and kind of step in as that man at a house um, We kind of move forward also in that scene where you kind (laughs) of, and we're all familiar with this, when it's that awkward, like, okay, you've been here for a little while. And Tick is doing things before um, Hippolyta, especially with the travel guide. And she's like, well, I usually look at it. And he's like, well, it looked good to me. And I think in a sense, Tick was trying to take care of them. But at the same time, he was kind of like overstepping his boundaries. And it was it wasn't that she didn't appreciate his help. But we all know that kind of concept of like, OK, you step a little too much over the line. Let me do what I do. And I think it became uncomfortable, too, because as as this um, episode goes on, we see that she is kind of troubled because she feels like something else happened. And she's not quite sure. So I think that that tension right there, even from the jump, kind of is from them not telling her the honest truth about what happened. So Uh,
1: I had to not disagree with you, but I just think that the uh, the crux of that was mostly because she knew something else happened. She couldn't figure she couldn't figure out what. And she can't, you know, but she knows something because if you watch how her and Tick were interacting, he couldn't look her in the eye. Like when when he was fixing the eggs and he's like, go ahead. And he got like put his head down real quick. And she was like looking at him, but he would not look her in the eye. I had to to rewind to go back and watch that. And I saw he really, you know, he really wasn't giving her eye contact. And she was just kind of like, because, you know, as a as a as a female and a man, you know. It, they telling a lie and for some strange reason they're not looking at you like they, they're normally looking at you right in your face or staring you in the eye and all of a sudden they can't look you in the eye so she knew something was up so I just thought it was mostly that and we just came in as the audience as that third week of him being there and that same stuff going on as him being like doing stuff but like it's more it's something else going on because you can't even look at me in my eyes
0: yeah I agree with you and that's absolutely what I said I think I think she knew something was going on and she wasn't getting the whole truth. But I also know as a woman after a while, when somebody's just like, when you know they're hiding something, everything starts to irritate you a little bit. And as this, as the episode goes on, she makes a comment to um, Letty in the kitchen about cups being up versus down. So I think it's like, that sense of I know you guys are not telling me something and you just walking around here like we good and it's frustrating. Not that she was angry at Tick or like hating him, but it was just kind of like okay, either you're gonna tell me the truth or, or we gonna have to have a little bit of space because this is this is a small little apartment and I know something's going on, that kind of feeling. Yeah. So that led to we can see, and I guess Tick in a way, got the hint as well um, because that moves us towards him and his dad, and of course, his dad is kind of going back into kind of like, I guess, the same thing that he was doing before he disappeared. Um, <laughs> drinking, passing out on the floor, and Tick is coming in, and he sees this, and he kind of like, you could tell Tick is used to it because he didn't make a, a noise. He just went and poured some water on him, and he almost drowned on, that on that the that floor. That <laughs> that <laughs> So so I think at that point, Tick is just used to that. That's something that he grew up with. And Montrose kind of just went back into what he knew, um, just drinking, I guess, his issues away and not really dealing with reality. Um, And in this scene, I think it was, and like I said, I'm not going to be very detailed on each scene, but the one thing that stood out to me Is the moment that you saw these two grown men, because for most of the time, clearly they didn't have a relationship and Tick was only around him when he was younger. But that moment that they were at the table and two grown men, just that frustration um, when Montrose hit the table and Tick stood up. And then the train went by, the rumbling. It was just like that moment where you realize, like, I'm not a boy no more. I Mm -hmm. think Montrose realized that Tick wasn't a boy anymore. And Tick realized that, you know what, this is my dad, but this is a grown man too. And I'm just tired of this. And just that that intensity in that one little scene kind of, to me, put their whole relationship in perspective. Because we had heard about it up until this episode. But to see them... And that interaction as far as not wanting to talk about Uncle George and Tick wanting to talk about Uncle George and just seeing like two, what's the word, gladiators kind of like go head to head two grown men. I just thought that was a very dynamic scene right there.
1: Yeah, it definitely was because it showed you, like you said,
0: that
1: Tick is basically like, I will fuck you up. Like it's not yep. going, it ain't going to be no more drunken. You, you drunk and you're going to beat on me for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm going to fight you. So let me get yep. up out of here. And I also enjoyed in that scene too. Uh, basically, Montrose was having the, ha, was having the dream that Tick was having. Cause Tick said, you know, I heard uncle George tell that story so much about the uh, baseball player. I started dreaming about it. And that takes you back to the first right. episode.
0: Right. <clears throat> And, that, and and I'm glad that you brought that up, Jeff, because like we said uh, when we reviewed the first episode, some of this stuff may seem like what in the world is going on? Is this a separate show? What Episode two don't even feel like episode one and three don't feel like one and two. And th- I think that's the magic of this series is that there's little pieces that connect each episode in each story and once you look at it and you pay attention and this is definitely a series where you're going to look at an episode more than once I guarantee it because you're going to find things that you didn't hear or you didn't see the first time and they connect and definitely towards the end of this episode a lot of stuff gets connected but we're going to get there mm, yeah. um,
1: <laughs> this show this show you know I figured it out too when I was watching this show is almost in the same vein as X-Files where you don't know exactly what you get in each episode, but you just got to go along for the ride, and it'll make sense. Just like, keep watching. Like I
0: said, what's the tagline? Enjoy the ride. <laughs> just enjoy it. Don't don't question it. Don't ask about it. Just enjoy it. And that's definitely that's that should be the little subtitle for the series. <laughs> Honestly, Lovecraft ca- love Lovecraft Country. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. But. um... Going from there, like Jeff said, um, at that point, Tick was just like, I need to get out of this apartment. This, this is not working. I know I came over here to stay, but clearly in the first 10 minutes, we can't even be around each other anymore. So he he goes off. And basically what we get, um, because there's actually like two intros that are happening at the same time. The, the first one being where we you know, um, understand that Tick has been staying with Hippolyta for about three weeks. But we also get an intro um, with Letty and her sister, Ruby, and you kind of see them in this neighborhood and, you know, you see the old white lady peeking out a window, which we still have today. So nothing new. Um, We're still in 1955, 50s. I think it's like 1955 at this point or whatever. Um, And we see that Letty has bought this broken-down, rickety-looking house that... And it's funny, because every other house in the neighborhood looks up-kept, you know, bright color or what have you, you know, lawn cut. And this mansion is just sitting there, and she's like, I bought the house. And Ruby, of course, like any sister that has been in... You know, and so many words being used by her sister is like, how did you even afford this? What you, what are you doing, and why are you in this neighborhood? So there was a lot of back and forth with that initially, but Letty was so happy and just was like, you know, come look at it. And as, and I want to backtrack because this this episode was set up as a ghost story from the jump, as we know that stereotypical, um, quick little black and white screen that says, this house lived on the hill and three people disappeared from it um, and never seen again. So you knew something was going to happen. You didn't know. And you know, we're rooting for our characters. So when you hear three people disappear from the house, you're already sucked in because you're like, wait a minute, what's going on? So to see this old rickety house, it definitely set it up for a true ghost story. And we see that definitely when Letty is walking Ruby around, and she's like trying to convince her to move in, and she's like, "We can make this a um, a house where you know other people can come and stay, and you know it's for the community." And and you know trying to convince Ruby of all this. And the one scene, of course, when the true ghost story, they're looking at the elevator shaft because this is a three-story mansion. And Letty leans over and is like, well, I thought the car was right here. And, of course, we see it rush, like, in the nick of time she leans back and you hear the music. And we're like, oh, shit, it's something in this house. Don't know what it is because now, mind you, we've seen episode one and two. So we have no idea what's going on in this house, but there's clearly something in it. Eventually, Ruby does say, "Okay, fine, I'll move in." And you know, <laughs> sisterly hugs, and it looks all fancy and nice. She
1: she hustled <laughs> She 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 can talk. She may talk about her mother, but she uh Letty can talk real fast, and mm-hmm. she talked her sister into it.
0: Yep, even after that elevator thing. <laughs> <laughs> so so now we're to the point that they're moving in. Um, and she, Letty has like all these artsy friends, and you can tell like it's people that she's, you know, kindred to. And Ruby is still not sold because she slams the door on people that's walking through the hallway. Um, but she got the biggest room, so she's fine. Um, and so Letty is walking around, you know, because she's really like the social butterfly. Like you can tell she knows a lot of people, she's really friendly. And as she's watching people move in, um, and of course, it's um, all African Americans that's moving into this. So be mindful that this still is the 1950s. This is an all-white neighborhood. Was it the north side of Chicago? Is that? And they were coming from the south side. I, I believe may be so. incorrect on that.
1: No, I think you're right.
0: But I think it was they were moving into the north side. So as she's doing this and you know greeting everybody, lo and behold, here comes tick. Because, mind you, he's no longer going to stay with his dad. That's a no-go at this point. Um, So definitely some, I I won't say sexual frustration at this point. I will just say some emotional tension (laughs) between Letty and Tick. And, of course, not only because they've known each other since childhood and reunited, but they lived through some traumatic experiences. Oh, together.
1: Not only that, this motherfucker ghosted her for three weeks. She's like, I ain't yeah. heard from you in three weeks. Yes. My God. So
0: so he evidently came back from Ardham, went to Hippolyta's house, his aunt's house, and just didn't speak to nobody. Um, just avoided her, avoided everything, and if you think about it, if you go back to episode two, that's really fucked up, because she died and came back, so I've I, I feel like he should have been there for her, but everybody deals with trauma a different way. So no, nah,
1: fuck that tick was fucked up for that <laughs> shit. No, nah, he really was fucked up for that shit. Cause like you said, she fucking died. So her mind is probably still not a hundred percent. Like, right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for you to convey or show these emotional feelings that you have for her, you don't do that. She's, I ain't heard from you since the funeral. My God. So yes, this three weeks, really? Like I understand, yeah. I understand what he was doing, but like you said, you know, also too people, people grieve differently. But if I was a woman, I'd be like, yeah, hey, fuck you. But they like each other, so
0: <laughs> you know, I get it. I get, and and that's why this is a great series to discuss because everybody has their different point of views, and you know, I can't clearly, I can't say I know how she feel because I ain't never died and come back, <laughs> <No>. but <laughs> I understand the concept of. I went through something and you just dip, you don't even call, say hello, how you doing, how you side, do it still hurt, nothing. But, you know, hey.
1: Another thing is, too, about that, we don't know, and I hate to get like this, so just bear with me, uh, people. We don't know if she went to heaven or hell, if you believe in that stuff. True. So, you know what I'm saying, mentally... Like I said, she's not all there. When she went somewhere because you can tell when she came back, she was freaked out. She knew she had died. Then wherever she was at during that time is a good question because, come to think of it, that might play a play of uh, the long game with that. I feel like that might come back to something. Who knows? You know, they. Yeah. I've seen plenty of things where they say, "Oh, you brought something back when you died," and all that shit. So right. we'll see. But anyway, right. yeah.
0: And and we get deeper in this episode, keep, keep that, keep that comment because I have a side comment for something further in the episode. So after that, so like I said, there was some tension between them and it kind of, kind of like a uh, reunion after three weeks, I guess. Um, And so long story short, he kind of mentioned that he was going back to Florida and she was just like, well, I have a room that isn't, um, hasn't been rented out yet, you can stay here, you know, at least to the party because she was having a, you know, like we all do, a housewarming party and just get together and everything. So they kind of hugged and you saw both of them, you know, close their eyes and, again, that frustration and tension and unspoken, you know, between them. And still nobody said anything, so don't get excited. Nothing happened right there. Um, (laughs) They just kind of hugged and agreed on it. But in the background, we start to hear a horn blowing. And not just a beep, beep, you know, I'm outside, come pick me up kind of thing. It's uh, just a dead on when you put your hand on the horn and it just keeps going and going. So, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even that nice. <laughs> it was like a net at a barbecue. So, like, within the first two minutes. So, of course, everybody goes on the porch. And and what we see is, of course, the neighborhood welcoming party, uh, which is three young white guys leaning on their cars, and they put bricks on their horns, um, tied them to the car, so that they're just that standing... Uh, I'm not even going to do it that long, but y'all get the point. Um, so... That definitely sealed the deal for Tick. And he was like, yeah, I definitely going to stay around a little longer because, you know, don't forget Tick is a military person and he just has that in him to, you know, protect people. And I think and I think as the series goes on, we're going to find out that Tick is trying to um, pay or redeem himself from some things that he did. While he was away, and I think he just automatically goes to trying to be that man and be that protector, um, and possibly try to, you know, undo something that he did then. And I'm, I'm, de- I feel like we're gonna touch on it, but we did touch on it, you know, in previous episodes as far as the phone call he made and the um, illusion in episode two when he was fighting the, the young um, Asian woman. So I think we're gonna you know, get more into his background, but you know, typical um uh, manner as a military guy, he's like, definitely I'm gonna stay a little longer. So now we get into the housewarming. Um no, let me let let, let me go back. So this horn is nonstop day and night. So of course they close the windows. We get to a scene where um Letty is, I guess, trying to get some sleep. It's clearly hot because you can see her sweating. And I don't know about you, Jeff. I can't do that. That's not my life. I, I can't sweat <laughs> and try to sleep at the same time. That just <laughs> not going to happen. Um, but either way, I guess they had to close the windows because of the horns. And it just wasn't working any other way to get some peace. We are introduced. <laughs> to something. So we see her, she's moving and getting pulled and she's moving one way. And then we get an image of someone looking at her. And clearly this is not a person that's alive. So we see this, I would say like middle-aged black woman. um, And as she's lifting her face to look at Letty while Letty is still asleep, it's like her whole jaw is gone. And I want to stop right here and just give props to the special effects people for this episode. Like, I don't know if you guys ever watched this sci fi show called Face Off. Um, and, you know, Ooh, you know I, I reference things randomly. Go watch that. Special effects, if you're into that kind of thing, it is amazing. So, I want to give props to the show um, as far as their special effects team. Were you getting ready to say something, Jeff?
1: No, I said I watch uh, face off too. So yeah,
0: yeah, I thought you know what I'm talking about. Like yeah. it's it's amazing the work that they can do with, with with prosthetics and and makeup and stuff. But anyway, back to back to the show, Holy Ghost. So we see this. So we clearly are like in on the same page. We like. Okay, there's definitely some ghost in here. Um, she yanks the sheet and that wakes Letty up again. And of course, Letty tries to open the door, uh, um, excuse me, the window, and it's just hot, hot, hot. And then she Sweat. sees, yeah, I couldn't do it. It was like a sauna. I um, yeah. couldn't do it. So she sees the, um, what is it called? The heater, the radiator. Mm hmm. Um, it's like blowing steam, and she's like, "Uh, oh, you know." So she figures she got to go downstairs. Um, and in true ghost story suspense mode, you know, we follow Letty down. She got a big, um, <laughs> what is it? Um, big wrench and everything. And one of the knobs is knocked off of the furnace, so she's, you know, let um Letty um she tightens it up so that the pressure is um, decreased then that goes back and in true horror and suspense you start hearing things rattling now i will say as everybody that's listening most black people don't do this stuff um but you gotta <laughs> you gotta understand that this is a show with black leads so we gotta do some things that we don't typically do in horror movies um so, so letty does go to investigate um we, we see chairs and, you know, little little scares that, you know, shake her up a little bit. But the biggest scare is where she hears voices and we, the audience, hear them as well. And this, this like trap door kind of like opens up real quick. And that just, I guess that was the final straw because Letty ran up the stairs <laughs> at that point. Um, <laughs> Are you laughing? <laughs>
1: Yeah, finally she got the fuck up out of there. I wouldn't even went up in there when I heard the boom, boom. Whoa, <laughs> let me get the fuck up out of here. She went to investigate.
0: Yeah, so, like I said, we have black leads, so they got to do the typical horror story stuff. Um, but either way, she, she came to her senses and ran upstairs. So, of course, she went and got tick, and they investigated the, um, together. And, you know, it was funny. It was interesting to me because... Even though everything that they've been through, Tick still went through that standard list. Well, do you think it was like rats, or do you think it was the neighbors? Now, mind you, what we just went through— you, which what? Don't, don't ask me no standard questions. Which
1: was funny because he got immediately mad when they asked him what happened in the war, and he told her, "Oh, you know, when something traumatic happens to someone, their mind plays tricks on them." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, bro! You just got mad yeah. at episode two. Somebody talking about your mind." Yeah, you thought it's same thing. Exactly.
0: And it was it was interesting that he went down that standard list of where you sure it wasn't the wind. Ain't no wind in no basement. Like don't play, don't play with me. Motherfucker, (laughs) we
1: just was fucking around with wizards and all types of shit. What the fuck are you talking about right there? We don't live, (laughs) we don't live a normal life.
0: (laughs) Don't play with me. And and (laughs) you could see that he was trying to be supportive and then he kind of mentioned the war. Um, you know, those were the same tactics cause he was thinking from the aspect of the white neighbors, you know, messing with her head, you know, cause mind you, the horns are still going. Um, but I guess still being in the moment, he was like, I believe you, you know, and then he tried to change the subject and was like, this would be a great doc room for you. Um, you know, and she kind of looks around and nothing is really spoken. I think at one point they did touch hands and she was just like, at the point where she wanted to talk about what they went through, but he kind of like walked away. So it's definitely understood that Tick don't want to talk about what happened. Now, I don't know if it's in regards to the wizard aspect or losing Uncle George or just all of it, but you can kind of tell that it's interesting that everybody around him wants to kind of talk about it. But when... He's around his father, he doesn't want to talk about it. He gets mad because his father don't want to talk about it. So they more alike than I think he wants to put, you know, out there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so as we're moving along, we get we finally get to the housewarming party. And of course, everybody's, you know, dancing, ruby singing. Um, they got a little band. Um, you know, Letty's you know, happy back in a good space, walking around, talking to people. Um, I know I noticed they had a little sad conversation, I believe it was about Martin Luther King. Um, but they didn't go too deep into it, they just walked around and you know, just a party scene. Now, this is the thing that I want to talk about. Okay, I think at this point, we're at because like a horror story, they say day one, day two, between scenes. I think it's day five. Um, I think it is. I'm sorry.
1: I think it's day five right now.
0: Yeah. So it's like day five. And this is the point I want to make. Let's go back to these horns that are blowing. You got to understand your racism is so deeply rooted that you are messing up your sleep, too. Because mind you, no, 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 this, no. Is, this yeah. isn't a horn that's blowing just in her house. This is on the street.
1: So the whole neighborhood.
0: The whole neighborhood has three horns going off. And so you hate me that much that you are living in misery because don't get it twisted. One or two of them neighbors wanted to turn them horns off. (laughs) You
1: know it. You know it.
0: Don't think that this was a unified job. It was cute the first two days. Okay, they're going to get out. Nah, now they're having a house party because it's not working anymore but that was just my side comment i didn't i didn't understand that <laughs> and i you don't understood I hate anybody that much
1: <laughs> you understood it that them motherfuckers would do anything and everything to get them out of it. oh not to mention put out the signs this is a white community Oh
0: yes yes Whoa. and those are actual factual signs if you go and research it um those are literally the verbiage that those signs would have um this is a all white Christian neighborhood. Please go. Mm. Um, that's definitely real. So again, props to the show for you know being actual factual things that you can can research on your own. Don't just take our word for it. Um, but back to the party. We having fun. Um, we see Tick is dressed in his whole military outfit to stay on the porch and kind of be on the lookout, you know, again, protector mode. Uh, funny moment, we run into a guy that clearly used was, I guess, a high school boyfriend to Letty.
1: Damn, Tree. Right. Tree from the bar in the first episode. His bitch ass yeah. back again. I <laughs> oh, see so you so get your uniform here. on. <laughs> Trying to scare me away, huh? Ha <laughs> ha. Get the fuck out of here, bruh.
0: So we we have a, uh, a not a humorous interaction, but I guess it goes, and, and Jeff probably could speak more on that than me. Um, between guys, like okay, I used to mess with her back in the day. I'm feeling nostalgic, but I know y'all rocking with each other. So what's up? You know that kind of is it good or is it not good for me to step? And oh god,
1: yeah. <laughs> so that basically was that basically was is she yours and Tick didn't really claim her and but he did say well if it was me you know I'll, I'll be staking my claim the guy Tree was basically saying I will let her know so that yeah. builds up uh, Tick's confidence to go do what he did and, uh,
0: yeah and I think Tick did kind of tell him cause with that look and that jaw moving I think Tree kind of understood like okay let me back up cause whether he's saying it or not I need to back up but At this time they're both watching Letty dance with somebody. Mm -hmm. So and Letty knew they knew that Tick was watching. So it was like that tension again, like, if you want me, you should have came and got me. I'm gonna have fun regardless. And that's kind of what us females do too. So like, you know, don't don't keep standing over there looking at me. You don't want me. So I'm gonna have Mm -hmm. fun. Really? Yes, that's, that's, that is something that happens, especially when we know a guy likes us and he ain't making a move. Okay, well, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna do the best little dance possible because I know he watching. Mm -hmm. And In true form, she turns her back on him, and we see this. And then we see Letty go to the bathroom because, again, it's hot in here. Because remember, we don't really have no windows up. Um,
1: (laughs) It's a lot of people in this house. (laughs) We ain't got no AC. We ain't got no fan. (laughs) The only thing we got is the temperature went down just a tad bit.
0: (laughs) It's a true house party. And if anybody had them back in the day, y'all know how it was. You left the party sweating, looking like you ran through a water hose. So this is true for them, but they were still pretty. They had their dresses and everything and makeup. But anyway, so Letty goes to the bathroom and sprinkles some water. We get another introduction to this house so that we find out there's more than one ghost. Because you, we saw the lady. Now we see this really tall, tall black man bloodied up, you know, just looking mutilated, everything kind of in the reflection of the mirror. And when we see that, we're like, oh snap, like, are they good ghosts, bad? Go-? Like, what happened in this house? We're still waiting for that part. But as we see, it's kind of like a tension moment. You think she's going to see the ghost, but in actuality, she sees Tick standing in the hallway. And all that sexual frustration. Uh, we grown. I don't need to tell y'all about the birds and the bees. They get their thing on. Like. I don't. I don't know if it was done out of anger, frustration, that old caveman you, my woman kind of sex. I don't. I don't know what happened. but It was, it was very uh, intense.
1: <laughs> it was. It was everything. It was sexual frustration. It was everything we've been through together, uh, and they just wanted it. And it was just like we. It was basically that thing. We don't want to talk about it. We don't need to uh, discuss it. I'm tired of looking at you. I'm. T- you know what I'm saying? It was. just. It's just. It's gonna happen. We need to do this.
0: Right. Right. So it was, it was very intense. It, 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 you know, and it, it said a lot and I, I guess they got a lot out in the same time. And, um, we noticed a little, um, intimate situation, which I think again, we're all grown, may have run across it or not. Um, Tick sees a little bit of blood and, you know, Letty is like, oh my God, I didn't know I was coming on. Just that little embarrassment. And it kind of brought him back to reality. Like, okay, we just did something. And, you know, Tick was a good gentleman and just, you know, it's okay. And, you know, he got himself together and Letty, um, you know, smiled at him. And then when he left, she cried. And up to this moment, I up to this moment I thought maybe she was crying just out of like relief like you know I don't know how to feel about this that's my childhood friend we've been through so much like you were saying Jeff but up to that point I wasn't sure why she was crying Um,
1: I thought initially she was just embarrassed okay that's what I thought initially until we get further along then i was like ah okay
0: make makes sense make makes sense um so anyway so we get back to the house woman because the party's still going y'all we we ain't the house is still jumping you know songs are still <laughs> play. i don't know how late it is but um so we see ruby talking to some people because they playing cards and she's talking to them about um you know I think trying to apply to this like downtown department store kind of think like back in the day, Sears and JC Penney and all of those big department stores. Um, And she's just talking about how, you know, black people need to be more progressive and try to get into these jobs. And I think that's some foreboding for foreboding to what's going to happen later on with her story, but we just hear a snippet of it at that point. And then Out of nowhere, we see this flicker, and Ruby looks out the window and realizes that there's a a burning cross in the front yard. So these are bold neighbors. So now at this point, we, like on day five, you're blowing the horn, um, and now you're going to burn the cross in my front yard. And we see a little white boy running away. Don't be scared, Stand right there. But I guess he left his hood at home.
1: Which is always amazing to me how in certain instances and in movies and stuff like that, that you have the nerve to burn across or to do whatever to my house or do something to, you know, my property, but run. No, if, yep. you, if you, if you feel some type of way, stand there and be ready to take whatever happens to you.
0: Exactly. But no, you see him tripping over the bush and running, <laughs> trying to get run right in the corner. And I, I want to know, he couldn't be the only one. So let's be real. Your other little friends left you. Cause I didn't see nobody else but you, and I doubt you put that big cross up and lit it on fire by yourself. Pretty much, but but here neither here nor there. So of course everybody's you know screaming, and um, you know everybody's like, oh no, what's going on? So Letitia fucking Lewis
1: <laughs> snapped.
0: Show play. She whatever she was feeling from you know previous and up in the bathroom that was gone. She went and got a bat out the front room um, and they had a few of them there so I guess that was their protection Um, and you see Tick like talking to all the other men get the shotguns get all of those so they just following her because she the queen (laughs) so they already know they got to go outside and protect her in case something is out there so again I want to go back to the soundtrack. When that song came on, I felt what Letty was feeling right there. When it said, and I think the words was like, um, we about to take what the devil took back. And I felt that because I knew what devil she was feeling right then and there. And it, it, yes, we, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were raised in the church and you hear those spirituals and those gospels and you feel it. But that scene, I felt that she was like tired. She was like, Y'all not gonna keep trying to, you know, scare me and get in my head and, and do all of this. She was like, So, so enough is enough. So, that soundtrack right there, that was the perfect song, I think, at that time. Absolutely, um, yeah. But Letty took that back oh. and started swinging. And then, mind you, she in this pretty little blue dress, some heels. She tried to keep the strap up with one hand, swinging the back <laughs> with the other. She knocking out windows, she knocking out headlights, she knocking the brick off the steering wheel. So finally, thank the Lord, we don't hear this horn blowing no more. But in the meantime, she has fucked up three cars back to back to back. And the young guys that came out there with the shotguns and then we see Ruby like shoot out in the car. And all the guys put all the guns in the trunk and she drove off. So let's not get it twisted. Ruby arrived at that chick too. Yeah. <laughs> this I was, wasn't even thinking about that at was, that point.
1: This was time doubting, like, oh, y'all have done this before. <laughs> like, because <laughs> that shit was just so smooth and everything. They, they, I'm, she pulled up, they put the guns in the truck. The, I think they put the bat in the trunk too. And she peeled off and they just got on their knees. Like, yeah, we know what's about to happen.
0: It, yep. And that that was the thing, like, I wasn't even thinking about that was like, got to get rid of the guns because how unfortunate even in 2020, you're seen as the aggressor no matter what, even though those men were out there protecting her based on what this whole neighborhood had been doing to her for almost a week at this point. But what really like brought me back to reality again in this this series is great with that is that part Jeff when they assume the position I was like this is this is like it don't matter what year 1955 2020 uh, 1985 it doesn't matter this is the same thing like our people have been trained to just assume the position to seem like you're submissive even though you're not but you know that that's the only way to protect your life you know what i'm saying like they just knew to get down and put their hands behind their head and it was you know just a reality check because even today you know even with all the you know things that are going on we still have to get into Even getting shot in that position, but that's still just ingrained in us to understand just get down. Not to explain your side of it, but just assume the position. Yeah.
1: It's a shame. Because, I mean, even at this point now, in 2020, you can do that and still get shot. And we've mm -hmm. seen it many, numerous times. So it's like damned if you do it, damned if you don't.
0: Yep, But like you said, for them to know this drill, like to just – okay we got to get the guns away we got to do this we got to do this and just get on your knees nobody said i don't even think they spoke in this scene i think it was just everybody somebody even gave her a
1: coat i think i think i think the director or whoever directed this episode or whatever i think it was shot just like that specifically for us so because we know like we don't like you sit around a bunch of black people all we're gonna do is look at each other and shake our heads like yep but you know what white people do they want to talk about well why didn't anybody say anything (laughs) <laughs> you, they would want to really discuss and get into detail about that. No, we don't have to talk about the scene because too many of us nope. have lived that scene before. I know I have. Yep.
0: Yep. And and, and it's it, it's a simple fact that just to hear the sirens coming, you you know what your next step is supposed to be. It's no well, I can't wait till they get around this corner so I can tell them what happened. No, it, it, it don't play out like that for us. It nope. just it, It's not <laughs> that is not the time to talk. And where, wherever, whoever, assume the position and, and hope to live in that moment. Like I said, um, I think in the previous episode, we just trying to get through every moment. That's it. So, of course, now I don't know what happened to the, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if they were in a separate um, van or car, but we only see Letty handcuffed with one cop.
1: Oh, because... They didn't have anything to get the uh, the mails on. They didn't have anything because it it really wasn't about them. They didn't want her in that house anymore. So all they needed was one person to say, "Oh, she uh busting the windows over the bat. Where's the bat?" I don't know. Okay, we're going to take you down anyway because we want you out the house, and we, we need to talk to you for a little bit.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha, okay. Because that was the only thing. I was, a little nervous at that scene. I was like, because, again, black people, we are conditioned to just be like, where the rest of everybody else? And so that's what I was yeah. thinking at first. Like, where are the guys? Oh, my God. Like, I, so.
1: I thought that scene was going to play out a lot different. I thought, like, he may sexually try to do something to her, and I'm glad they didn't go there with it.
0: Yeah. Basically, um, we are introduced further into this ghost story because this cop, you know, he grabs the handle that's on the side. And, of course, Letty is handcuffed so she can't, you know, stable herself. And, of course, there's no seatbelts. So whoever is driving, they, I guess they do this a lot too. So you see the car rocking back and forth, and he's knocking her over. And he's like, who asked you to buy this house? Why are you in the Winthrop um, house? And she, he tells her this background story where they found eight body parts Um, and they never saw these people again. And he kind of makes a joke. He was like, and the way you're going, you, that means you probably won't last long either. So we kind of get some background on the house, at least like, okay, so that's where the ghosts, those two ghosts that we saw. So they're hunting the house and that's what we think at this point. And so we go to the scene where Letty is in her black, um, in her dark room, excuse me. And she turns the light off, off, you know, because that's typically what they do once they hang the, the pictures. And we see her all bruised and stuff, but she's still, you know, into her photography. And we see these crazy lines on the pictures and stuff. And it's like, oh, something has scratched it up. And you can kind of tell like it's not a normal scratch of the picture. It's like something that she really needs to pay attention to. And Letty being Letty. Extra smart, she starts putting the pictures on the floor, and we start to see like this picture, and it looks like eyeballs at first, but it looked angry, and then she kind of steps away, and you see the bigger picture, and it's kind of like this angry face, and it starts rising up. And this is another introduction to this whole ghost story. You see this man come up and say, Get the fuck out of my house. And again, Letty, with some common sense, screams and runs away. So, <laughs> so um, at that point, I—I I don't know about you, Jeff. I think I would have packed up. I'm not sure, <laughs> but um, I don't think I would have been staying. Fuck
1: up out of here!
0: <laughs> like I've been like, "Yep, you got it. I'm out. I don't even like this place. I don't, I don't even—I don't even like elevators. So <laughs> that you know." But either way, so we get to a scene where now I guess Letty is like has engulfed herself into this ghost story. And Tick comes to the restaurant that she's in this booth and she has all these newspapers and research and she's frantically writing and erasing stuff and trying to figure it out. And so Tick sits down and Letty kind of like just lets it out. She was like, my house is haunted. And again... Tick for about 2.5 seconds, acting like she crazy. And I don't understand this. <laughs> don't understand. Like Uh-oh. anything that we just went through, if I tell you I think my house is haunted, come on, what's going on? What's happening? He came around, but the first few minutes, he was still acting like, what is she talking about? Yeah.
1: Um, kinda a little strange. <laughs> Because again, we just fucking left wizards. So nothing is <laughs> off the table right now. But I guess you know it's 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 taking it up another level. It's like, wait a minute, ghost.
0: <laughs> but you know what? Compared to wizards and what we just went through, ghosts is kind of normal. You know what I'm saying? At least yeah. I can rationalize some dead people and that their spirit is awake. Yeah. Okay, I versus wizards and the Garden of Eden and Snakes coming out like penises, you know what I'm saying? Like that, it, this don't bother y'all. <laughs> they,
1: they've but, they've had a hell of a, a hell of a uh, couple of days.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. It's it's been about what I guess two months. We say a month, a, a, a month and a half because they had to trip and then it came back. So like a month and a half of just foolishness. So anyway, so Tick finally comes around and he's like, okay, spell it out for me. So Letty goes over it and she's like, okay, so the cop was asking me about this mansion and he brought up Winthrop Winthrop, and vaguely, I remembered it. We'll get back in. We'll get into that at the end of the episode, but I vaguely remember the name and I think Tick did at this point too and Letty was just going over and she was like, um, the pre- She was like, I couldn't really find anything on Horatio Winthrop. But the last owner was the scientist who basically got fired from the University of Chicago because he was doing unethical um, experiments, which we all know, basically, he was experimenting on humans. And that's basically what Letty was was saying as well. And she, you know, had all the news clippings to show that the the police officer was in connection with the with the doctor, um, and she also was showing tick these pictures that she took at the time when they were moving in the house. These like imposed um, pictures of different people within the photograph, and she was able to match it up with eight people that had went missing um, in the south side of Chicago. So. Between Letty and Tick, I I guess they were trying to, you know, finally understand that this cop was giving people to this doctor to do experiments on. Now, here's the historical, actual, factual. Um, Go ahead and look it up. Um, There was a doctor. uh, I I think they call him the, um, the creator of gynecology or something like that. Um, where he basically did experiments on slaves and Black women specifically with no anesthesia back then, even though it existed, Um, no anesthesia to get techniques and things done. And he basically believed that the Black woman could deal with it because I guess we had some type of... um, um, defense to pain and could tolerate it more because we were, you know, inferior. Don't, don't ask me the mindset. I I can't even get that deep into that, but definitely go research that. Um, and the nice thing about this episode is that one of the eight victims that Letty was showing Tick, her name was An- Anarka. Um, she actually was one of the main Black women that this real life doctor was experimenting on. Um, again, like I tell you, don't take my word for it. Go ahead and research it yourself. I think her name was spelled A-N-A-R-C-H-A. Um, so again, Kudos to Misha Green and Jordan Peele and all of them to bring this kind of stuff back into, you know, the sci-fi horror aspect. But this is reality. And this again, monsters do exist. And this is these are the true monsters. So um, once Letty explains everything to tick and they're kind of like looking at each other like, you know, this is some deep shit, and I think Tick said what everybody else was thinking. He said, "I think it's time to go. I think it's time you leave." <laughs> and because he referenced Uncle George and was like, "Uncle George would tell us about a haunted house story and tell you that these spirits won't rest until they take you with them."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, to your point, Jeff, and and definitely in in um let me hear your thoughts. To your point, when um I think you were mentioning about how she was in a different world and this is something that she was facing that it isn't the same. Like, we don't know what happened when she died. Mm -hmm. So her outlook on life is totally different at this point. So she's like, "Um, I got to find my stake in this new world. Like, everything we've been through, I just realized the world isn't what I thought it was. And I think to your point, Jeff, that's kind of like, Kind of feed into what maybe like maybe she saw something maybe she's feeling something totally different than what tick is feeling at this point I don't know your thoughts
1: uh I think so I think it's I think we'll find out later where she was at and what she saw um because I don't think you would throw something out like I need to find my you know I need to find my way in this new world I need to find out you know what I need to be doing, or what I should be doing in this uh new world, because she when she said new world, I'm like, huh, the same world you left, but yeah, you died and came back. So, is this really a hundred percent all Letty? Is somebody else with her? Like, did th- th- you know what I mean? Like, we, you know, she could be a wholly, totally different person, only remembering or not remembering, but just you know just not who she she's not who she was when she left before she got yeah. shot so uh yeah i hope i hope i hope i'm right and i hope we are right when we talk about this and it will play out later but who knows it could just be nothing and we just go on smoke <laughs> we do deep
0: yeah. in conspiracy theory but i think also another aspect of if you want to take it just um as is i think literally coming from a place that had wizards i think now she has realized that the world that she knew and not just from a black person's perspective, just Chicago period, you have to understand that there's something else out here. It's not just the day-to-day stuff that we're used to. And even though my house may be haunted, I have to kind of take that as a new reality. Like this is stuff that I can't ignore anymore. You know, once you see it, you can't unsee it, you know, that kind of thing. So To her, that may be what she mentioned. Again, like I said, we throw these things out here. It's a discussion. You guys let us know what you thought about it. But I think that was a a pivotal point for Letty to just understand that, hey, this is a new world I have to deal with. At this conversation, we also get a little bit more feedback on why Letty cried and why we saw blood. Um, I was shocked because I'm thinking I thought they were like in their late 20s I guess but I don't really know their age unless I missed that and if you guys heard it please let me know I'll research it myself but basically she kind of says the night of the housewarming was my first time me as me as a woman I understood it as soon as she said it but tick was so engrossed in the news articles and things that she was showing him it took him a minute but that's men we we know but any- <laughs> anyway and he had a recognition and you know of course he he's trying to slide over and coddle her and she's like no we both needed it and to your point Jeff I think that's absolutely was true that they just needed that release and that from everything and to feel something I think is what she said um in the scene and I get it we all get it it's it's a way to relieve it, but it, at the end of the day, you still have to deal with whatever you were feeling prior to that moment. Um, So, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I guess I'm happy her first time was with somebody like him, versus you know just a flyby. But you know, I don't know if more will come of that scene or not. But you just you don't. Know, it was a nice little moment.
1: You don't have time to sit with shit in this show. So, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> This ain't, this ain't fucking Dawson's Creek and we're not going to sit here for four or five episodes trying to figure our relationship out. It's basically, we got ghosts in the house, so we got to get back to the ghost. This is a small thing right now compared to what they're going through.
0: So so we kind of get on the same um, page that clearly um, Letty's not going to move out and Tick is, a, is, you know, by her side for the ride, whatever that may be. So we get the next scene where we see Letty and Tick. It's nighttime at this, at this point. Um, and I think it's like day nine or day 10 at this point. Because um, remember, this is a ghost story. Um, we see Letty, Tick, and another lady walking with a goat back to the house. And we also see it from the perspective of a young white boy neighbor peeking out the window because, you know, that's all they do, peeking and being <laughs> nosy. Um, and we <laughs> kind of don't know where it's going. But, I, you know, if you've seen any ghost stories, you know, they always call the, the lady that know voodoo and know how to talk to spirits. So kind of knew where this was leading. But with this show knowing the sci-fi aspect, I wasn't sure what was the ghost was going to, I, I didn't know if the goat was going to start talking, you know, because who knows? It's just a crazy universe, but it kind of starts off the normal way. She slits the goat's throat and gets the blood, and you know, she kind of puts the X on um, Letty and Tick's head, and before that, you know, Letty and Tick are whispering, trying to understand what she's doing with the goat, and Tick is like, where did you find this lady? And she was like, Well, my mama could never talk to the ghost, to ghosts, but she was a hustler. So we learned a little bit about her mama again. And she clearly did her research. So clearly, Letty and Ruby's mama was a hustler. She, that's how she got her money. That's how she stayed alive. So we kind of see that in Letty as well, because she's a survivor. She, you know, I'm not gonna say she's a slick talker, but she she gets what she needs when she needs it and she's pretty. So that, that plays into it as well. Um, but anyway, so the, 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 the voodoo in um, lady, she puts the little cross on their heads of blood and she puts it at the doors and she's like, you know, I'm going to go look for it and see where it's the strongest and call it out. So I guess they did a tour of the house, um and then they eventually got to the the basement and you know the the typical let's make a circle, and she starts speaking to um the goddess um I think she called him mama Oye if I'm not mistaken um,
1: right.
0: yeah, so okay, oh yeah, so um, she starts doing the chant and then the lights flickering and you know, we're seeing all this, and we're like, oh, here it come. Okay, so we're going to get a little bit more insight. We already seen about three ghosts. Um, so we'll see what's going on. Now, mind you, we go back upstairs. Now, while these lights are flickering, and we hear a window crash, and here come three of the same white boys that were doing the horns before. Yes, they bust the windows out of her house, came in with baseball bats climbing through the door. I'm excuse me the window. So, at that point, I'm rooting for them to die anyway. I I don't know about you, Jeff. I I just said, come get them ghosts. I didn't know what was gonna happen, but I just was rooting for
1: that. You gotta die. Gotta be taken out of here.
0: How you coming in my house? My house with bait with baseball bats Aggressive. Like and you bust my window out too. You gonna pay for that?
1: (laughs) Coming in there. Coming in there on there. Boogie boogie. All right. I got something for your ass.
0: (laughs) And they come in loud, calling out for them in the house. So they, so mind you, Letty, Tick, and um, the Buddhist priestess, i call her. She was there in the basement. These three guys are walking around her house, you know, looking for them with bats and stuff. So we see them knock on a door, and then one door is seemingly locked. So he's, like, calling his, what was his name, Tim, Timmy, something stupid. Um He's like, come here. So they go to put all their force into the door. And they fall right through it. Because, of course, the ghost was holding the door closed. So they're, like, looking everywhere. And they're like, what's going on? Um, what happened to the door? And then we hear this baby crying. So I'm like, oh, it's a third ghost. I mean, a fourth ghost. What's going on? Like, a baby? Because now we know the background story. So these ghosts you that we saw mutilated and had an arm hanging from a really tall guy. And now we look at this this ghost that's coming towards these two white guys with a baby head. And all I could <laughs> think about was the story that Letty was, I was like, so this doctor put a baby's head on a human? Like, I was like, I don't know. I was past the ghost story at this point because I'm one of the people that, like, trying to think ahead. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, please kill them. Please kill them. I don't know how you felt, Jeff, but.
1: I was definitely thrown off by that baby head. I just wanted it to just stop.
0: <laughs> and, and it was on like a basketball player. Yeah. So it was like a six, six, eight, bulky black it guy.
1: Definitely was on Shaquille O'Neal's body.
0: <laughs> so. So, of course, they falling over to each other, freaking out, because they see this thing walking towards them. And then the same radiator that was blowing hot steam before, like, blows up in their face. So they, like, get burned alive by the steam. And I'm like, yay, two down, one to go. So (laughs) we see the third guy that clearly went off on his own. And, and mind you, we're getting flashbacks. We, we see Letty and Tick downstairs, and they're in their circle. And, you know, the, at this time, objects are going around in circles, and the, the lights are flickering, and, you know, they're saying the chant with her and, you know, all that good stuff. So clearly the spirits are awake. So we see the third white guy, and he's back at the elevator, the same one that Letty almost, you know, nick of time, avoided. Um, he looks down in the elevator, which I don't understand why anybody does that. I've never done that. I don't know about you, Jeff. I never looked down the elevator shaft for the cart. I, once the door opens, if I don't see it there, it's just... I, I mean, nowadays, it don't open at all, but I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with that you.
0: That hasn't been an interest to me. <laughs> yeah, I've
1: Never done that, never will. Uh, do don't, I don't have any need to.
0: <laughs> so, but typical horror movie form people do the stuff that we yell at the TV about like what are you doing even though we weren't rooting for him it kind of was like what are you doing because we knew the elevator story but anyway he leans over he looks out and uppercut that was a mighty uppercut by the elevator I I must say Um, took his head clean off and again shout out to the special effects crew Um, yeah he came back headless and kind of laid there and we saw blood and the ushy gushy stuff. And yeah, so we now have three white dead people in a black woman's house. Um, So we go back to the basement. And at this point, I think everything settled down at this point. I think it kind of like just got quiet real quick. And, you know, typical fashion. Everybody thought it was over and they were like, okay, he's gone. You know, nothing to see here. So... The, the pipes bust and then, of course, the water erases the protection symbol on all three of their foreheads. So we're like, OK, so clearly the spirits are not happy. Um, something is still going to happen. So. Tick and Letty see that the door is trapped, so they try to run and um push it open, but it's not opening. And then the voodoo voodoo priestess, she gets pushed in the wall. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, um, something, here. something, something. Yeah. And we closed in, and you know, now, now your pulse is racing, like, what's going on? What's going on? And so you see her eyes change and they're all black, and we're like, Okay, so now she's possessed. we're we're at the possessed part of the episode um, So she stands up and kind of chokes tick and like man handles him up on side of the wall, you know, that typical super power strength. and I can't remember this did, did Letty push her or something I can't did she try to hit her or something. Either way, both of them fell on the ground. I I can't remember exactly how the voodoo priestess and Tick fell on the ground, but the ghost switched bodies and got into Tick. So now we see Tick is possessed and he's shaking and, and we started to see a face that isn't Tick's. And it's like, you know, get out my house. And he keeps saying, get the fuck out of my house. And I ain't go, I ain't go, I ain't go, I ain't go front. I laughed a minute, just the way that his his voice was sounding. (laughs) Like (laughs) like, I don't know if they were trying to make him articulate differently. I ain't gonna say talk white, (laughs) but but he was like, get the fuck out my house. Get out my house. (laughs) I was like, like, huh. but either way, he was shaking and walking toward like, you know, in a possessed way. So can you and sidebar Jeff, can you imagine shooting that, that scene? Because it's not the special effects right there today. So he had to really like walk and shake his head. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. I laugh at some funniest.
1: <laughs> Actors are always gonna act. That's why they get paid the big bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he cause they played Letitia fucking Lewis played played it played it in this scene but but as he's shaking so letty starts realizing that this is the the doctor's you know spirit and she's like you know she knows that there's are you know some unrest um black spirits as well so she's calling their names um like i said in our in our Um, she just starts calling all the names that she listed when they were in the restaurant looking at the news clippings. And she was like, you guys are not dead yet. I need your help. Help me. And again, I want to shout out to the soundtrack, um, because it was just a perfect, again, the devil we're about to tear the devil's kingdom down. I just thought it, you know, not only the religious and spiritual aspect of it, but just the devil himself, like this was his kingdom when he was alive and it was his kingdom. while He was dead and he was still trapped with them. And that's that sound that came through. Like it just, it just reminded me of those roots that, that we as black people have, and I can't explain it. You just know it when that certain beat drop, when those words are sung. And it just, I felt that scene just like when she busts the windows. And I don't know about you, Jeff, but I just knew it was a powerful scene, not only from a ghost story aspect, but just that, that feeling of calling on ancestors and, you know, saying, I need your help. And they were showing up.
1: Yeah. Uh, absolutely everything you said and just that whole the whole tension that was going on in the whole episode as far as um where you're not wanted and right. but you have all these people coming at you coming on your property with the horns and coming in your house and that was just the ongoing thing even beyond that i'm sure it was other things that happened with white people and just all that anger and frustration and pleading and help just came out in that one that one scene of her just screaming and yeah I thought that that was really good
0: yeah and I and I thought about it it as too as far as um what we say now unfortunately about say say her name or say his name um just giving that power back to those that have lost their lives by just saying their names, like honoring these. Because mind you, in the storyline, these were eight missing people that no one ever heard from again, didn't have a proper burial. You know, they were no names to people, especially, and in that time frame, white people that just didn't care about them. Because this doctor clearly was just experimenting on them like they were things. And I think just in that scene of her calling their names and saying, I need you, you are not dead yet, and even though again it's a ghost story it's still that reality check like there is power in saying someone's name that they are not forgotten that they are they were somebody and you know i told y'all i'm going to be that tight on this on these episodes i'm just going to dig a little deeper than than what we see and just to get you thinking about that aspect like just say their names to give power back to people and especially black people as a whole, that we are not things, we are not pieces to experiment on. We are somebody. And so I just thought that scene was amazing. They made the full circle around him and they, I guess, depossessed, I don't even know if that's the word, um, tick. And you saw this white man in, I guess, in his whole ghost and then you saw the black people come back together and their parts were correct again so I think at that point they were able to move on once they did all of this and they pretty much exercised this white man out the house and like I said Letitia fucking Lewis played this scene I don't know how many takes they did with her but this scene this take you could see it in her body. She was there. It was she was drenched in water. Shoulders was was going up and down. It looked like it took everything out of her. And she is just an amazing, amazing actress. And I just give her props for that scene alone, yeah. you know, let alone the whole episode.
1: Um, um, For the people who didn't know her, Janelle Smoll- Smollett in there right now, they they know her today. If you don't know her yep. today, they're they're like, oh yeah, that's the um woman from um Lovecraft. Yeah, she's really good because uh she's been good for a while.
0: Oh, when she was a little baby, um, I don't know if you guys have seen Eve's Bayou. Go check that out. She's she's been doing this. She is a vet. She's yeah, been doing much. this since she was little. Um and that was a great movie in itself, too. Y'all you guys should do a um I know you do other um shows. You should do a review of that 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 movie.
1: I don't remember the movie. I've seen it, I just don't remember it
0: we'll go watch it (laughs) but um, needless to say they they get the ghosts and all the ghosts and you see um, Letty is by herself and clearly everything is good Um, we get to a point (laughs) where um, what was it Um, Tick I think he was it it goes to like downtown scene and we see the silver bullet car pull up again and we're like, oh boy! So the autumn people are now in Chicago. For why we don't know. But we see the little young blonde haired girl get out the car. Now, my thing to you, my question to you, Jeff is: Is the theory that she didn't die in the mansion because she was a woman? So, because she wasn't a part of the ritual? No,
1: she said it. Um, and she said it. She said that, um, basically her father knew how to use um
0: invulnerability
1: but to do the ritual he had to let it down he had to let he had to uh right. force it down she probably knew how to do it and didn't let it down whatever you know gotcha. she, she, she okay. survived
0: okay because that because part of me thought that the invulnerability spell was just for her dad
1: no she was i think i she think she's more powerful than that second- I think she's yeah. been. I okay. think she's been more powerful than her dad. But being that she was a woman, she had to play the role. Like, okay, whatever, you know.
0: I got you. So anyway, so we see the silver bullet car pull up in front of the realtist, um office that sold um, Letty the house. Now, just for some side, because I wanted to get into the meat of the episode, but. If for people that's paying attention, what was the name, J.J. or Jerome Johnson, but they called him J.J. in the episode. He was called a realtist. Well, we mostly know Realtor. Um, Again, actual, factual Realtors do exist. They're primarily made of African-American Realtors that that deal in all kind of real estate to help black people get into... um, more neighborhoods that they typically wouldn't even been offered so that's a real actual factual position and that's why he was called a real test versus a realtor again don't take my word for it research yourself um but anyway so we're now seeing the the uh, what's her name christina going into this office and she and tick comes across the street and he comes in and he sees Clearly that Christina and JJ, the realtors, had some type of relationship because she says, "Okay, JJ, you need to go ahead and get that box and go ahead and head out. So clearly we understand that JJ was here just for one purpose and one purpose only. And clearly it was just to get um, Letty inside that house. So tick. It, it, I, as usual jj runs out and close the door so it, it's tick and um christina left and we see her talking to him and kind of like in that normal vague i don't know i can't even explain she just real calm and cool and just detached kind of way of talking to him and he she's, she's like what like, are you here for tick
1: she's talking like a white woman with no problems
0: so she's like, what are you here for, Tick? And Tick has already closed the blinds and stuff because he knew what he was about to do. So he, you see him reach his arm out and say, I'm here to kill your ass. And nothing happens. So we're like, okay, um, what's going on? But we quickly realize that clearly he can't shoot her based on some magic that she's doing. And she again calmly walks around him. And it's like, did you really think that you were going to be able to shoot me? And that's when she explains about her dad having the invulnerability spell. That was his claim to fame. Um, and she basically goes into the spill about how certain pages were ripped out by Horatius Winthrop, which, if you rewind, was the original owner of this decrepit mansion that Letty moved into. And so we understand the full circle that clearly this um, brave white family or legacy were trying to get these stolen pages that Horatio had hidden away somewhere. And they are trying to get them so that they can read the whole book of Sons of Adam in its in entirety to get all of these spells done. So, again, like I said, if you pay attention, everything is is connected to everything. Um, Clearly, one of the originating, um, I guess, founders of the Sons of Adam was this Winthrop. And she's basically now trying to find all these pages so she can do the complete spell because clearly her dad and the rest of them are gone. So she still wants this piece of power. Um, Again, we see Tick just kind of shaking because he still can't shoot her. And he, she basically puts a piece of paper, a, a card saying about call me if you want to know about our legacy. And she says, and you got to be a little bit more thoughtful about this, a little bit more smart. You can't just go around shooting white women. And I know me, I don't know about you, Jeff. I kind of went, <laughs> please just knock her upside her head when she turned around. Just just do it real quick.
1: At least she said, look. the only thing I would say is at least she honest about it. She know who she is and she know what she can get away with it. She know what she can get away as far as being white. She knows she has white privilege. So, okay.
0: All right.
1: (laughs) As long as, as long as in the end they get her, that's all that matters. Yeah.
0: But I was just like, "Mm, okay, I got your number. She knew it.
1: She put, I think that was very, poignant that they put that right out there for you she knew her white privilege and she was gonna let tick know about it
0: yep but but static talking about our heritage our legacy Mm -hmm.
1: like what what is it is it uchi wally or one mic figure out tell me we know are we family or what
0: yeah so that's gonna be an interesting you know take on the next episode um that's pretty much what I have. The only thing else I will say about this episode is, why do they keep the three white boys in the house? What what's the point?
1: I guess that's where if anything go down, that's where they could put the bodies at all the way down in that basement.
0: And it has some type of, um, um, I guess, like spell because you saw the the images on the wall. Yeah. As the as the elevator was going down, I didn't yeah, understand yeah. why they kept them down there. I you
1: know, I guess because. It's only, I guess, they the only ones who would know about it. Like, everybody else would think. Excuse me. Everybody else would think it's only like, oh, it's only three floors. No, 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 no. We got secret floors. You just got to know how to get down there. I,
0: I guess I'm just looking at it like we just already exercised. I don't need three white men hunting this house now. But I guess that was the symbols to keep their spirits down there. yeah. So they would never come upstairs. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I thought it was a, like I said, one of my favorite episodes so far. Cause who knows? Next Sunday I might be like, you know what? I take that back. Episode four right. was the best.
1: So right now. Oh, and we forgot to mention that uh Ruby calls out um Letty on her selfishness. Because yeah, eventually because
0: she, she thought her mom had left money for the house, which i get I got Letty's point of view like as far as she she didn't figure she didn't think too deep into why did she all of a sudden have all this money from her mama but yeah it showed the dynamics between her and ruby you know i thought that was a, a great line that ruby said she was like i was sending you money thinking you was a fucker but in reality you, you just, just fucked, fucked up. up i was like whoa, that's a poem right there that's
1: a <laughs> god damn she cut it deep with that shit too because it was the truth she could she she had no comeback yeah she had no comeback because the one thing um and we'll get out of here because we you know we've been running a long time uh the one thing this show lets you know nobody on this show is perfect everybody yeah. has their flaws and you start and you pretty much got them from the jump and i think that's really great to set up your characters like that because you know we live in the real world and it's like you, there is nobody perfect and there, everybody has traits that you like and don't like so i just think that was really great that especially with uh letty we get to see that you know sometimes she could be aloof sometimes she could be selfish and just think about herself you know yeah
0: yeah it's definitely i will say um just just as a preview it looks like next episode gonna look like um some indiana jones shit going on i don't know um
1: so when we get there i'm i'm anticipating the zombie episode because we gotta have a zombie episode right (laughs)
0: I think that's I think that's to be later. But next episode look like they're gonna be in a cave, walking, you know, you know old decrepit bridges with. And Montrose is gonna be with them, so I guess they are gonna be the new trio. But yeah, they look like a Indiana Jones episode. But again, with this series, who knows? It could be an octopus at the end of the rope. I don't know. <laughs> You just never know enjoy the ride
1: yeah uh so anyway if you want to follow us on social media you can follow me at jeff versus the world on twitter and on facebook and the real jeff versus the world on instagram uh would you like to give out your you know social media things so people can follow you
0: um, I will say right now, Twitter is in its infancy stages, but it is Aqua Baby One Two Seven, and that's spelled A Q U A B A B E E One Two Seven, um, and that's Twitter. Um, Instagram is different. Um, I'm going to be. I will make a new page because you know have some. I like to keep my stuff personal so I'm definitely, you know, work on that as far as Instagram, but Twitter aquababy127.
1: All right. So we were uh, we are day late. So it should have been out yesterday. Things happen, but we we to get the schedule all right and we should be out every Wednesday uh afternoon. But uh until episode 4 next week, we are out of here. Peace.
0: Be safe.